Thank you, Dave. Dear Jesus, abide with me. That uh, should be the, uh, the prayer of our hearts. And uh, I certainly do appreciate that. And as I said just a minute ago, uh, there's some information on the uh, Hurricane Dorian victims in the Bahamas. And the Church of the Nazarene is there. And uh, there's uh, uh, three, three pieces of paper telling the story on the bulletin board in the hallway. And if you want to give to that, there's an address and some special information on how to fill out a check uh, to send to that. But uh, I know that they would, uh, they would certainly appreciate that. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about Table for Two. And uh, we're going to look at the, uh, at the tw 23rd Psalm, one of the most revered and uh, uh, well-known chapters in the Bible. And uh, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it should be uh, the King James-only version of the, uh, of the uh, 23rd Psalm. That's the way we know it. Uh, so we, I want to read that. Verses will be up here as we talk about this subject. So the 23rd Psalm, you can say it with me as we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You guys sound good. We ought to do this more often. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the, the comfort of this chapter in the Bible. We thank you for the truths that are, that are there. And as we focus, Lord, on one particular verse, we, we ask that you would just bless our hearts and be with us as we look at this. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to talk to you today about fear in the Christian walk and the reality that we do not need to live, walk, or live, or I've got on there twice, in a spirit of fear. That's not where we should be. And we don't have to bend the knee to any of its cousins like anxiety and doubt and dread and worry and, and rejection and guilt and depression or discouragement. That's not where we, where we need to, to, to reside. Now, of course, it's much easier said than done. And there's no amens there, but I know we all know about it, right? After all, we're, we're humans. And that we have fallen... And the horrible results of the fall of sin is that we must deal with some rather unpleasant stuff in our lives. 
And uh, in other words, we have enemies. We have adversaries. We have foes. We have opponents. And the Bible is very clear that as followers of Christ, that's true. That we do have those that are against us. In fact, in fact, in the Bible, we're told that we have three major enemies, the world and its way of thinking and people around us and the flesh, which is where we are tempted and, and works against what God wants to, to have us do, and the devil or demonic forces. So those three are the, are the big three in our enemies list. But we were made in the image of God. We were created to reflect God's glory and honor. And the devil wants nothing more than to mar that image. To cause that image no longer to reflect God's glory and honor, but to reflect an image of shame and guilt and sin. And that's exactly what he's up to. So those three, the world, the flesh, and the devil, they make a pretty powerful trio. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? And if we focused on those three, if we focused on those three, we can find ourselves living a life of fear and worry, anxiety, depression, doubt. Those things can, can come up. And we often or too often find ourselves caving in to the flesh, caving into temptation, listening to the voices in the world. And they're constantly telling us to, to be afraid of something or something that we we're, need to be afraid of, our health, our safety, our finances, the future, and so on. And all of those voices are, 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 are bombarding each one of us as Christians and as believers. But the Bible tells us that we can turn the table, so to speak. And that's what I want to look at this morning because the Bible tells us in, in Psalm 23 that our shepherd will make it possible for us to eat a meal of blessing right in the midst of our enemies, in the presence of my enemies. Thou preparest a table for me. So that means that we can enjoy a meal of blessing, a meal of peace, a meal of, of love and joy right in the midst of our enemies, which is the world, the, the flesh, and the devil, our demonic forces. And those are all around us. And we, as we think about this this morning, this is a table for two. This is a table for the Lord and you to sit at while your enemies sit around you and watch. So this is a meal prepared and served by the Lord Jesus, a meal that Psalm 23 reminds us that is served by who? Our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He prepares this table. He sets this table for us. And as we think about this, we, we all have a shepherd. We all have someone that we follow. By that I mean that as human beings, we are created to reflect. We are created to worship. We are created to glorify God. 
We are created to follow God and his will, to walk with God. and That's what's at our deepest core. That's who we are. That's how we're made. That's how we're wired. And we all know that because of free will, God also gives us free will. We can choose not to follow the good shepherd. We can choose to, to ignore him and walk away and, and go our own direction. We can choose to follow someone or some other thing besides the Lord God Almighty. The Bible tells us that repeatedly we or the people of the earth have done just that down through history. Down through history, we've, we've known to follow false gods and the spirit of the age and or as we talked about a couple of months ago, the devil himself. As we talked about what would Jesus say to, to a Wiccan. And so in that, we, we, need to, we need to be very careful. Some people have even decided to call themselves their own shepherd, making themselves their own God. But if our shepherd's not Jesus, then we must realize that our shepherd, that shepherd, if it's not Jesus, is a false shepherd. And that false shepherd will not lead you into beautiful pastures or enjoy peace and tranquility. False shepherds will use you and, and abuse you, steal your joy, your peace, and your future. They will seek to serve themselves. And then after using us, they will throw us away like trash. They will not lead us to the new heavens and new earth as we read about in, in Revelation. But not Jesus. Not God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. John chapter 10 tells us that Jesus lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus protects his sheep. He provides for his sheep. And he desires to even give his sheep everything possible for them to become healthy and strong and, and fruitful and to, to, to multiply in that respect. And Jesus, our shepherd, loves nothing more than to serve us those wonderful meals in the middle of our enemies and having that peace. So we can picture being at that table with Jesus Christ as we, as we read Psalm 23 and worry and depression and doubt and discouragement all around us. So his reason for doing so is to let them and us know that they have been disarmed. They have been defeated. They, all they can do is watch as Jesus serves us happiness and joy and peace, the fruit of the Spirit and kindness, favor and blessing. And Jesus makes our enemies sit on the outer edges of that that scene with that, with that table for two and watch everything unfold. And they're in shock because no demon can comprehend this. They don't understand this meal. They don't understand how the Lord God Almighty can sit with and prepare and serve a meal and have this time to enjoy with us because we've sinned. He's the father of lies. So he tries to tell us that, that uh, uh, 
that his forgiveness is, is no good and this is, this is all a lie and a sham. What, what's going on here? But that's what grace enables us to do. That's what grace provides in our hearts and in our lives. In our own righteousness, our own righteousness, we're not worthy of such a meal. We wouldn't be able to sit there. But the Lord provides it for us just as the prodigal son. Remember that story in Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son comes back. And the, the father of the prodigal son is, is pacing the front porch. And he looks down the, the driveway. And this long, I can just picture that long winding driveway. And there's the son coming. He runs to meet his son. And he doesn't just walk, run up there to shake his hand. He gives him a big hug. And that's a picture of our Heavenly Father. And with us. And when we acknowledge our sin. When we acknowledge where we're at. In, in relation to him. And ask him to forgive us. That's exactly the picture that he gives to us. To follow is the prodigal son. So. Here's this scene. This table for two. And the devil is on the sidelines. And he's raging because. He thought he had you. He thought he just had you right where he, he wanted you to be. And, and his demons are sitting there fuming because you're eating God's feast while they're starving. And the good shepherd has, uh, has prepared and is ready to share a wonderful meal with you. A meal he both prepared and paid for just for you and just for me. But we do have to be watchful. And that's my second point. The devil, the world, and the flesh will try to sit with you. They'll try to pull a seat up to that table. And the devil knows he can't take the food from you, but if he can, he'll try to trick you into letting him have a seat. He'll do his best to bring up a chair and uh, whisper in your ear things like, you don't really belong here. Or you're not worthy to stay and to eat at this table. Or he'll say things like, you and I both know that you're a hypocrite. You are really evil. And you don't deserve to, to sit with, this, with the good shepherd. And when God finds out what you've done recently, he'll have you get off of that chair and he'll pull that chair away. Or he'll look at you and he'll whisper things like, you're old, you're ugly, and you're stupid. Give me a seat. I want to sit at that table. I want to be there. And at first he might truly, tr merely try to get you to talk about some negative things in your life. He'll whisper all of these little things into trying to get you to doubt your salvation or where you are in relationship with, with God and with Christ. And if we're not careful, he'll even do his best to get us to share our food with him. And he will get, he'll do his best to, to get us to focus on him and, and not enjoy the peace of Jesus. And he'll do his best to get us to talk to him and, and forget that our shepherd, the one who loves us the most, is sitting right across the table. You see, he can't take our food, he can't take our blessings unless we allow him to. And he can't stay at the table, he can't stay at the table unless we allow him to stay at that table.
because we have this wonderful thing called free will. Again, what happened in the Garden of Eden, they created everything. Can you imagine? I can't imagine uh, uh, Adam and Eve starving. I can't imagine them not finding food in the Garden of Eden that God has made, right? But they're told not to eat of this one particular tree. Don't eat that. And that's where the devil whispers, uh, did he really say that? What do you think he meant? That, that whispering again. That little, that little biting at us. And so go ahead. It's, if, you take, if you eat from that, then you'll be like God. Well, wouldn't that be nice? That just rings up in Eve's mind and, and before she takes a bite. Uh, but the thing is, uh, we, we don't have to obey. We can let that know. We can turn our back to that. We can obey what God... But, but God made free will. We're not robots. We're not, we're not told what to do. And, and this, is, this is it. You're gonna, and he's not a, a dictator to us. You are going to choose whether you're going to live for him or live for yourself. And that's the choice that, that God gives to each one of us. But Adam and Eve, they put the, the flesh over the spirit. They had all the food in the world to eat. But that was really appealing. We never have to allow him to come to our table. That table for two. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We never have to allow the world to get a seat at the table either. We never have to allow fear and all of its cousins, worry and anxiety and depression to, to pull its chair up to, up to the table. The names, the names of those cousins could go on and on. The list is big, but they're never invited. They are never invited. We never have to make the mistake of welcoming them to our table. We never have to talk to them or listen to their insults or accusations or threats. They're nothing. We're sharing a meal with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. <clears throat> and when we get, we get to this point, Jesus will never invite them as well. They're never invited to this table. Jesus tells us that perfect love casts out things like fear. And when we're in the presence of Jesus, we're in the presence of perfect love. So when we look at the table, we need to focus on that table, that table for two, you and Jesus. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And Jesus is inviting you to sit at this table. What do you do when you sit down at a table? You know, the saddest thing I've ever seen is is a couple at a table and they're, they're served a meal and they just eat and they don't look like they say a word to each other. And they're, when they're finished, they get up and they pay the check and they walk out. What in the world? I, think, I believe that the point of a meal is to refresh our bodies and to enjoy the company of the person that you're with. 
So when you're at the table with Jesus Christ, he's at the table with you. You're invited to sit down. He's going to share himself, his presence. And you're going to share your family. You want to share your day, talk over what's going on. We were a little, growing up, we were a little, uh, we didn't, I, I looked forward to the, even as a kid, coming to, to dinner time and, uh, and eating and dad and mom and my sister around the table and, and talk about how was school, what did you learn today? And, and there was a time for all of us to just kind of interact, how was work, how was things going here at home? And so we all shared what was going on while we ate. We talked over what we were going to do next and, and where we were going to go. And that's what we're doing with Jesus Christ as we sit with the table with him to rest and enjoy his meal. What is this called? Prayer. When we come into the presence of Jesus Christ and we're speaking with him and he speaks back to us and this conversation goes on and it's not just a one-way thing. It's him relating back to us. It's time for us to sit and learn. It's what we might call as Christians, uh, Mary time. You remember the story in Luke chapter 10. Mary, Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha and, uh, and Lazarus in Luke chapter 10. And, and Mary, she decided that the best thing she could do was to come out of the kitchen and sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. So the story is spelled out, and, and Sister Martha, she's in the kitchen fixing biscuits. And while Sister Mary is sitting, why don't you, she comes to, Martha comes, why, Lord, why don't you tell her to get up and help me out here? And Jesus basically says, she's chosen the best thing to do. She's chosen the best thing. Martha is fixing food for the flesh, while Mary is eating the food for the spirit. She's enjoying a meal with Jesus that satisfies more than the flesh. A meal that feeds and nourishes and supplies. And she's soaking up what we might call spiritual biscuits. Amen? Spiritual eggs and bacon, so to speak. So we're, we're at that table with Jesus and we found that, that time that he wants to prepare that table for us in the middle of of doubt and depression and fear and worry, that's when we need to focus on him. You know, sometimes uh, the restaurant gets a little loud and the big stupid TV's on and there's a mirror on this side and you, you know, you got all this competition at El Campesino's I'm talking about. If you, and you try to, you try to focus, you, you narrow your focus down to, to who you're with and who you're, who you're talking to, and, and what's going on, how are they doing, How's, how have things been going lately. That's what, that's what we're made for, is fellowship. We're made to, to encourage each other. And to be alone and not to share is, we, we miss out. And let's not get so busy. Let's not get so busy physically or emotionally or even spiritually in the hopes of getting away from, we get busy and we try to, well, if I'm busy, then worry and, and, uh, and the stress and the future and anxiety, that's going to, you know, I'll forget about that the busier I get. No, somehow they catch up. Amen? 
when you stop getting busy and catch your breath, oh, they're there. They're still hounding you. We know we have to be careful that we, that we not get so busy that we miss the opportunity of the presence with Jesus Christ. Because after all, he is peace. We're told from Christmas that, that he is wonderful counselor, prince of peace. And when we need that peace in our hearts and in our lives, and we need, we need to, to stop and think that we need to uh, pull up a chair and sit at Jesus' table and spend some time with him. And let's allow Jesus to feed us exactly what we need at that time. Well, man, we really want, we want the desserts and we want the big. But Jesus at the table, he's, no, you're going to have to eat your vegetables here. And there's things that we, we're going to need to eat. But at that table, he knows what we need to eat. He tells us that he will provide for us. He tells us he will take care of us. But we need to always remember this truth and that demons lie. The devil lies. Evil lies. They don't know how to do anything else because that's the life they live. He's the father of lies. Jesus tells us in John chapter 8, he's the father of lies. And that he don't, he don't know how to do anything else but that. Hell is their true home and destruction is their future. And they're not in control and they will never be in control. Amen? So those are, there are those times when we worry, we wring our hands, and what about this, and what about that? And man, did you see that on the news? And did you see that article in the paper? Oh, boy. What's this world coming to? Well, I'll tell you what this world coming to. Jesus is coming back again. And that's when we need to be ready, get ready, and stay ready. We can't listen to the world. We can't listen to our, our flesh. And most importantly, we can't listen to, to the devil and his horde of demons. We can't listen to the lies that tell us that God doesn't want to, he doesn't want to bless you. And this life must, it must be filled with pain and sorrow. And you're going to go from one suffering thing to another suffering thing. Well, sure, life can sometimes be a pain. And we'll face that reality. And it's true that there are times of sorrow and loss and hardship. But we can't, when we come to sit down at our table with Jesus Christ, we can't let those lies take over. We need to focus on him and receive from him and sit down and, and enjoy his presence and enjoy what he has for you. And uh, we need to realize that Jesus wants to spend quality time with you, with each one of us. We're created for that. That's why you were made. And that's why he came to die in your place. He, but he did not come to shame us. He did not come to embarrass us. He did not come to tell us what we're doing wrong. John 3.17. We know John 3.16 John 3.17 says, He came not into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to point the finger and say, hey, look at you, look at this, look at that, and there's the whole list. No. That's the devil. He's the accuser. He came to merely enjoy us. After he's redeemed us. After we've come to him and used our free will to, to acknowledge him and, and confess our sin. He came to earth to make it possible for us to enjoy heaven one day. But also enjoy heaven here and now. A peace that can abide in our souls. And fellowship with our brothers and sisters. And over and over again, the Lord invites us to acknowledge our sin, acknowledge our wrongdoing, and he tells us to confess, which means I've got to open my mouth and tell him what I've done wrong. He doesn't, well, he knows I've done bad things. Why doesn't he just forgive me? No, he wants you to fess up, right? He wants you to say it. But to do that, you're, you're saying you've done wrong and you're changing your mind about what you've done and you're going to live right. That's called repentance. A U-turn, a turn around. And to receive grace, God's grace for the kingdom. And that's all it takes to be offered a seat at the table. That's what it takes to be offered a seat at that table. To repent of our sins and to accept God's gracious invitation. And once we've done that, then all of our enemies, the devil, the world, the flesh, will have to watch us as we dine with Jesus, our Lord and our shepherd. They'll have to watch us as we celebrate with this meal, as we share with one another, and as we grow close to each other. And as we shake hands, how you doing? We missed you. We haven't seen you for a while on 8th. How's things going at your house? That's great. This is, this is when we have fellowship time, I, I like to call that, that's table etiquette right there. Because we're, we're receiving, we're giving, we're, we're reflecting, we're, we're enjoying each other. But they're going to have to watch as the works of the Holy Spirit work through us. Love joy, peace, right? That's the fruit of the Spirit. There's going to be a big bowl of fruit sitting on that table. And we can receive that fruit and we receive that what God has for us. But we have to choose that. We have to choose that. That has to be our choice. Ruth, if you'll come, let's all stand. I would like to, uh, to sing a, a chorus and we had to rack our minds here. We would go back in time as we uh, sing this chorus, because it's true that only Jesus can satisfy our soul. And only he can change our heart and make us whole. Right? He'll give us peace that we never knew. But we, we need to choose that. We need to, to welcome that into our hearts and lives. And, and as we sing this chorus, the altar is open if you'd like to come and and pray, and this, this prayer time is between you and him. Between you and him. But we, uh, we have a table for two, and it's set for just you and him. And when that, that table is, is served, most often, but not always, most often that table 
is when you find a time of prayer, you time, find a time to, to look into his word and to receive everything that he has. But he wants us to, to, to eat the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, even self-control. That's a little fruit, but it means big things. So let's sing this. If you'd like to pray, the opportunity is here, and then, uh, then we'll close in prayer. your soul and only he can change your heart and make you whole he'll give you peace you never knew sweet love and joy and heaven too for only Jesus can really satisfy bring that down. a little high for me. Can we bring it down a little bit? No. <laughs> Only Jesus can satisfy your soul and only He can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew. Sweet love and joy and heaven too, for only Jesus can really satisfy your soul. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning that the truth of your word puts us at a table surrounded by our enemies but we're enjoying a meal with our shepherd Lord we thank you that you can give us this peace that you give to us your love and all we have to do is to surrender to you our hearts the things that we've done wrong Lord we we have to admit that and say, Lord, you're working on me. Your Holy Spirit is touching me and telling me and listing those things that, that if I just spoke to you and, and gave those to you in a time of prayer, that you, you're waiting and asking for us to, to do that so that you can wash us and clean as snow, white as snow, and purify our hearts and Lord you are an awesome God you're a wonderful God we love you and thank you and we we give you praise for all that you're doing and we just uh, we've come to worship you this morning we give you our all and thank you Lord that you give us so much if we'll just allow you to do that and get away from our own selfishness we thank you, Lord, for your love, for your peace, for your grace, because you're giving this to us when we, we do not deserve it. But it's because we, we come to you with our all that you, you meet us and ask us, Lord, to, to just 
give you control. And we do that this morning. We thank you, Father. We thank you for all that are here. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. We've got something. Uh, uh, can you open those doors? Can you open those doors for me? <clears throat> I think I think somebody's turning 50 years old. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Blake. Happy birthday to you. I thought, I thought he'd have enough wind for that. <laughs> They're asking us to, to stay for a party. There's food here. Uh, if you want to go into the, uh, into the fellowship hall, you're welcome to. <clears throat> All right. Ha, ha, ha.